is a very special episode of Music Monday. This is our Christmas episode, and we will be talking about Christmas songs. Ashley, what can listeners expect from this episode? So we have five categories of Christmas songs for you. Here they are. Christmas songs that you would want to sing in church. Christmas songs to sit by the fire with. Christmas songs to throw in the trash. Christmas songs that are not a Christmas song. And a wild card Christmas song. And we'll end with our favorite Christmas album recommendation. Now, I'm a bit of a church calendar curmudgeon. I don't like to sing Christmas carols during the Advent season. I want to be focused on longing, expectation, looking ahead, preparing for baby Jesus, blah, 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 blah. But I'm making an exception today in the name of Christmas. We appreciate it, Ashley. (laughs) All right. So, Ashley, will you get us started with a Christmas song that you would want to sing in church? Yes, so the Christmas song that I want to sing in church is O Come All Ye Faithful. Okay, yeah. If there was a song that made me think of gathering around a Christmas tree with hymnals in hand, it's O Come All Ye Faithful. It is attributed to John Francis Wade originally, and it was written in Latin in 1743, but its origins are less than certain. And the invitation to come all ye faithful to Bethlehem places the singer both among the shepherds who rush to see the Christ child and in the long procession of the faithful that have journeyed to Bethlehem in their hearts for over 2,000 years. And I like the song because it can be sung in Advent or in Christmas, and the chorus can be tacked on to a lot of songs. I don't know. I feel like it's a song that we can come home to every year. I love that. I love that song. Um, my song that I want to sing in church is Oh Holy Night. So just a little bit of background, because I think this is just really fun and interesting. O Holy Night was originally based on a French-language poem by poet, I'm going to just butcher this name, Placide Capot, written in 1843 with the first line, Midnight, Christians, is the solemn hour. O Holy Night often opens Midnight Mass. I did not know that. Ooh. Uh-huh. Composer Adolf Adam set the poem to music in 1847. Mm. And then John Sullivan Dwight, he was a Unitarian minister and trans- transcendentalist, oh my gosh. was the editor of Dwight's Journal of Music, and he wrote the English version of O Holy Night that we sing today in mm. 1855. So he had graduated from Harvard College in 1832, then prepared for Unitarian ministry at Harvard Divinity School. Wow. But he did not really find like his place in ministry. He, he was more drawn toward music, and he had an interest in that, so he followed that passion. Um, so I want to circle back real fast to Dwight being into transcendentalism. So transcendentalism <laughs> is a philosophical movement that developed in the late 1820s, 1830s in the Eastern United States. Ashley, do you know all of this already? Am yes, I edu- that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, listener, English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> listener, be educated with me. Okay. <laughs> a core belief is uh, the inherent goodness of people and nature. And while society and its in- institutions have corrupted the purity of the individual, people are at their best when truly self-reliant and independent. Transcendentalists saw divine experience inherent in the everyday rather than believing in some like distant heaven. And that just really framed this song in an even warmer spot for me than I had originally thought. I did not expect that. Um, So that was interesting to note. Um, And then just for fun, 
just so you know, the most popular recording of A Holy Night is Mariah Carey's version from her 1994 album, Merry Christmas, which has on it, All I Want for Christmas is You. Hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if the reason it's been played so many times is because that's the album. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of like unfair that the most popular Christmas song of all time is anyway. Um, but that's the most popular recording. Mm-hmm. And just real quick, one of my earliest memories with the song was watching the scene in Home Alone when Kevin goes to church before he takes down the two creepy bad guys trying to rob his house. He's sitting there quietly and this incredible children's choir starts singing Oh Holy Night. And as a kid, I remember being like completely mesmerized by the beauty of their voices. And in this scene, Kevin's approached by his neighbor, the older man who Kevin has been really scared of until this moment. Mm -hmm. The two talk. And in this conversation, Kevin confesses he's been mean to his brother. Now, side note, the kid does a lot of confessing about how terrible he's been to his family. And I just want to throw a flag on the play because I don't care how awful you've acted, Kevin. You do not deserve to be left at home while your family goes to Paris, okay? Like, I just, I was like, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here, but this, it feels like a missed mark. Um, anyway, <laughs> the kind neighbor man says, well, church is the place to be if you're feeling bad about yourself. Deep down, you'll always love your family. Sometimes you can forget you love them and they can hurt you. And you can hurt them back. But you'll always love them and they'll always love you was basically the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love that that was my first, you know, encounter with O Holy Night. And it stuck with me and that message about what church is for and that you can come when you're feeling bad about yourself, you know, to the tune of O Holy Night just made a real mark um, on my faith as a kid. Yeah, I feel like I read somewhere that O Holy Night was an abolition hymn. Because of that final verse, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. So I think it was a really subversive hymn when it was written, at least in the English version. So I love singing it too, because it feels like such a quaint little silent night, Mm -hmm. you know, hymn. But really it's like the chains are breaking, you know, like it's this big deal. Um, and it's, I feel like it brings the spirit of Christmas too. Like it creeps in like a little baby Jesus. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, boom, the world has changed. Yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. Our next category is a Christmas song to sit by the fire with. Nicole, what's your pick? A Christmas song to sit by the fire with. Okay. I choose Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Mm-hmm. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It was written in 1943. And introduced by Judy Garland in the 1944 MGM musical, Meet Me in St. Louis. Frank Sinatra later recorded a version with modified lyrics. I'll touch on that in a second. When presented with the original draft of the lyrics, Garland criticized the song as depressing and asked (laughs) Martin Martin to change the lyrics. He initially resisted because, listen to the initial line, it may be your last Next year, we may all be living in the past. Became, (laughs) let your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. So, you know, there was a pivot there. Garland's version of the song, which was also released as a single, became popular among United States troops serving in World War II. Hmm. In 1957, Frank Sinatra asked Martin, uh, the writer of the song, to to revise the line, until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. He told Martin... The name of my album is A Jolly Christmas. Do you think we could jolly that line up for me? (laughs) (laughs) So the new line was, hang a shining star upon the highest bow. Um, 
2014, English singer Sam Smith released a cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which debuted yeah. at number 90 on Billboard Hot 100, the first time a version of the song had charted on the Billboard list. It was oh. Sam Smith. There you go. The song is a classic, and it's interesting to me that it's had so much traction, given that it's kind of sad. I think at first glance, it's just an average run-of-the-mill song you'd find like in Hallmark movies. <laughs> but it wasn't until I heard this song in my absolute favorite movie, The Family Stone, that it hit me how heavy it is. And it's not heavy in like a downtrodden, depressive way. It's heavy in a real life, we don't know what's coming next, hold on tight to the love in this moment kind of way. So spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about The Family Stone. It's been out for 15 years or so. <laughs> it is not my fault if you have not seen it yet. So there you go. The movie revolves around like the most beautiful, chaotic, lovable family. Their matriarch is played by da Diane Keaton mm -hmm. and she's dying of cancer. The story leads you to believe that the cancer has returned. And no one is really talking about that. It's mm -hmm. just this unspoken, present reality. They all know mom won't be here next year. There's this scene where the eldest daughter, who is very pregnant, is watching Meet Me in St. Louis on the television. Her younger, grown sister is sleeping on her lap, and her dad walks in. And he smiles this like sad, knowing smile at her, as if to say, I love that you love this movie. Mm. And she looks at her dad, and she says, this is my favorite part. And it's when Judy Garland is singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And her dad with teary eyes says, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> her dad with teary eyes says, Merry Christmas, my Susanna. Mm -hmm. And in this very quick exchange, a thousand words are spoken. And this song says, you know, to me, the song is saying, raise a glass to hoping the fates allow. Like to hoping we are here again. Let your heart be light. And have yourself a merry little Christmas now. <laughs> so there's my song. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, every rendition, even Reliant K, who I'm going to talk about later, this like pseudo-Christian pop rock band has a version that I love too. Yeah. It's just a really accessible, wonderful Christmas tune. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's natural that this category to sit by the fire with might be more melancholy or somber because yeah. mm -hmm. you know we're not like being just blasted with consumerism or you know be jolly dang it or you yeah. know here's some apple cider or whatever but it's like if you're sitting by the fire and you're drinking some hot cocoa or something like it's you're really thinking and you're mm -hmm. you know thinking about what's going on in your life and especially I mean I know that she's not sitting by the fire at that point in the movie but her sister's asleep on her lap. Yeah. She's super pregnant. You know, she, the whole family thing is happening in the background. And she has this moment of quiet. You yeah. Know, and, mm -hmm. and that the message is to have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah. Even in the midst of all of that. And I want to say as an eldest daughter myself, <laughs> and you as an eldest daughter, in some ways I feel like, you know, that moment, eldest daughters carry a lot of you know just the history of a family and yeah. the sacredness of a family I think sometimes my family calls me like the chaplain of our family yeah. system <laughs> and I just love that role and that that moment in that movie meant something to me too as an eldest daughter yeah you know yeah but it's wonderful okay so my pick is honestly along the same lines um it is happy happy Christmas by Ingrid Michaelson 
So Happy Happy Christmas was written by Michelson herself after her mother's death in 2014. And it's on her Christmas album. And it's an ironic song because she's singing these beautiful verses about happy scenes of Christmas time, but to a melancholic tune. She hears the carolers and sees the snow and would rather ignore the merriment of the season. But she remembers the wisdom of the one she's lost. And this is the chorus. It says, live well and let go. Happy, happy Christmas. Love the ones who love you. They say time flies and baby, it's true. So happy, happy Christmas to you. I appreciate this song because it's an acknowledgement of how fraught the season can be. You know, on any given year, we can be the ones throwing snowballs and drinking hot cocoa with friends, or we can be mourning a loved one or feeling lonely. I find myself humming this Christmas tune all season long. Um, It's just really haunting. And, you know, I think Judy Garland, whoever she said, who did she say it to? Like, this is a really depressing Christmas song. Yeah, the writer. Yeah. Yeah, uh And he's like, well, we should sing it because who knows where we're going to be next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a point. Yeah. And I think that was, I think when he wrote it, that was a huge part of the song. It was like, mm-hmm. we don't know where we're going to be. That was what it hinged on. And even, you know, he changed the words around. But that line, like, we'll have to muddle through somehow. It's, that's it, right? Have a happy Christmas. Yeah. We're muddling, you know, we're muddling through somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, on to our next category, maybe my favorite category of the whole podcast, a Christmas song to throw in the trash. (laughs) Ashley, what is your pick? Okay, my pick is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Ooh, (laughs) let's hear it. Speaking of kids (laughs) wronged, you know, with Kevin McAllister earlier, uh, in case you've not heard this song in a while, a little boy creeps down the stairs and sees his mom kissing Santa Claus. And he worries about what will happen when his father finds out about this alleged Christmas infidelity. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I want to throw it in the trash because this seems like a lot for a child to process. And on Christmas. Oh, on Christmas. (laughs) So the song was recorded by Jimmy Boyd in 1952 when he was just 13 years old. What? Yeah. It was commissioned by Saks Fifth Avenue to promote their new Christmas card. Okay. So, of course, capitalism exploits the trauma of a child bearing the weight of the secret of his mom's affair with Santa Claus in the name of Christmas sales. I'm sorry, are you a pastor? Or <laughs> That's a really poetic way to say that. I mean, I say this mostly tongue-in-cheek, I guess, but it does have a playful tune. And, you know, this seems like an unnecessary complication of Christmas problems for kids. Mm-hmm. A fun fact about this song is that it was banned by the Roman Catholic Church in Boston when it was released because it mixed kissing and Christmas. Oh, (laughs) you know, interesting reason to ban it. I feel like there are a lot of other reasons, but okay, okay, keep going. Sweet little Jimmy Boyd had to meet with the archdiocese to explain (gasps) the meaning of the song in order to get the ban lifted. Just leave little Jimmy alone, people. What did Jimmy say? Is there like a manuscript? I have no idea. But the ban was lifted. I guess the archdiocese was satisfied. I don't know. But I just, justice for Jimmy. Justice for Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, oh my. Jimmy, well, (laughs) just going with the theme of childhood trauma, um, (laughs) a Christmas song to throw in the trash. 
Oh man, it makes me so happy to throw in the trash Christmas shoes. So this song, Christmas Shoes, is sung from the perspective of a man waiting in a checkout line. He is not really in the Christmas mood when he notices a young boy in front of him, alone, who wants to buy a pair of shoes for his terminally ill mother. The boy tells the cashier he wants her to look beautiful when she meets Jesus tonight. Since the... <laughs> Since the boy is short on money, the man narrating pays for the shoes... And in this act of kindness, this man is reminded what Christmas is all about. The exploitation of children? Uh, like- yes. I, that is the line that the song hinges on. <laughs> Christmas is all about. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. So Christmas Shoes. It's a Christmas-themed song by the, Christmas, the Christian vocal group New Song. Do you remember New Song? I don't yes, know. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Vaguely. So the song peaked at number 31 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart and spent one week at number one on the Adult Contemporary chart and uh, number 42 on the Hot 100 chart. So I'm saying that to say, like, it it got some playtime. And my beef with the song is that I was a whole 10 years old when it played nonstop on the Christian radio station we listened to (laughs) in Amarillo, Texas. All right, so listen. Had I really considered my own mother becoming terminally ill until that moment? No, I hadn't. Had I wondered what it would be like to face the humiliation of not being able to pay for shoes for my dying mother? No, (laughs) I hadn't. Had I considered that I might not really understand Christmas until I am faced with the reality of a woman's death and the fear that she won't look beautiful enough for Jesus? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) It needed to come with a content warning. (laughs) It was legitimately unsettling and so, so sad. Also, maybe my biggest problem with this song has always been how scary it is that this young boy is by himself shopping for these shoes with just pennies in his pocket. Where are the adults? It made such an impact in the worst way on my brain that to this day, I will, no lie, catch myself singing the melody to Christmas shoes when I'm doing mundane tasks like, this happened a few weeks ago, walking my daughter through the park. I had a friend ask me, are you humming Christmas shoes? And I had to say (laughs) yes and confront the embarrassment that I have around the fact that this song really did a number on me in the worst way. So I just, and so there's that. And I, I want to give you this golden nugget of information, Ashley. Just, like, treasure this. The Christmas Shoes was turned into a movie oh that was released in 2002. It is an American-Canadian made-for-television drama film, which was broadcast on CBS, which in 2002, that was, like, a very big deal, right? <laughs> very big deal. So it stars, are you ready? Rob Lowe. What? <laughs> I've been holding on to that info for like days. Yeah. <laughs> Chris it, Traeger. <laughs> it's, it stars Rob Lowe, who we love as Chris Traeger in Parks and Rec. Literally. It also stars Kimberly Williams, Annie, father of the bride, Kimberly yes. Williams. Yes. Like, she's the mom. Oh, wow. She is one of my f- favorite actresses just because I encountered her work when I was a very young child. I think she's just amazing. I can't watch this movie. 
I, I'm like further traumatized knowing that she played the part of this dying mom. Does she not have shoes? See, I'm asking more questions that I don't want to ask myself. Where are her shoes? Where is her son? Like, I'm just, it, I'm so, so bothered to this day by this song. And honestly, just like offended that I had to, you know, listen to it on repeat when I was such a young child. So that is Christmas shoes, chunking it into the trash. I kind of apologize if that hurts your feelings and you love that song. Like, we can talk about it later. I respect your decision. (laughs) Our next category is a Christmas song that's not a Christmas song. So, Nicole, what's yours? A Christmas song that's not a Christmas song. Okay. So, one of my favorite songs of all time, it's River by Joni Mitchell. Some would argue it's definitely a Christmas song, but it's not one you're going to, like, sing around a fire with friends and family. Um, so at the start, a little background, at the start of 1970, Joni Mitchell's relationship with her boyfriend, Graham Nash, was crumbling. On top of this, she was feeling like increasingly uncomfortable with the mass amount of attention her records were getting. She needed to get away. So she took off on a trip to Europe, metaphorically skating away on a river to escape the crazy scene. While Mitchell was in Crete, she sent Nash a telegram to tell him that their romance was over. On river... The Canadian singer gives her perspective on the doomed relationship as she yearns to escape the emotional bonds. She admits to being hard to handle and blames herself for losing the best baby I ever had. Mm. Although the song is merely set near Christmas time, rather than being about Christmas, it has become something of a modern Christmas standard. The piano accompaniment, the vocals, sounds like a melancholy take on Jingle Bells. River is the second most widely recorded song of Mitchell's. It's been recorded over 400 times, frequently appearing on albums of Christmas music by like pop, folk, and jazz artists. Um, Lots of big names that we know have covered this song. Um, The song is on many of my playlists on Spotify, Christmas or not. It speaks to feeling like you just need to get away to regather yourself, your thoughts, to center And it carries with it this tinge of like self-destruction, like it indulges and I indulge with it. And then this tension of wanting to escape for a while. But what keeps me, Nicole, from skating away in the moments when I feel lost and adrift are the people around me who love me, who ground me, who remind me I'm right where I need to be. So this song actually makes me feel a lot of empathy for Joni. It's Mm. so beautiful and it's so raw And the beginning really spells out how she just can't settle in. She can't, like, settle into the coming of the Christmas season. She can't settle into her life at this moment. The very beginning goes like this. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Mm. But it doesn't snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm going to make a lot of money, then I'm going to quit this crazy scene. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. They're haunting lyrics, but they're so good. And that is my not Christmas Christmas song. Wow. Now I know what the song is about. And I think, I mean, I always feel like I'm not ready for Christmas. Like going into Advent, I feel like we are just like slamming into it. Yeah. And then somehow, you know, I find myself sitting by the fire listening to Mm -hmm. Happy Happy Christmas or you know, at our Christmas Eve service singing and yeah, man, I wish I had a river. That's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. So what is yours? Okay. Mine is Let It Be by the Beatles. Everyone knows this song. Um, Let It Be was written by Paul McCartney after having a dream about his mother 
named Mary, who died of cancer when he was 14. People have asked McCartney if his lyric, Mother Mary Comes to Me, might have also been referencing Mary, Mother of Jesus, but he always says it's up to the interpreter. I call it a Christmas song, one that we'll sing in church in a few weeks, actually, Mm -hmm. because of the words of wisdom, let it be. So contextually, this phrase means something along the lines of, let things lie, don't worry about it. But of course, with those familiar with the Annunciation, the visitation of the angel to Mary to tell her that she would bear a son, God's son, we know that let it be holds some serious weight. In response to the angel's big news, Mary responds, let it be with me according to your word. And in this context, it's not a mere acquiescence, but a benediction of hope. Let it be. May it be so. May my life change as you have said. May this world change as you have said. So that's my Christmas song. That's not a Christmas song. Mm. I had no idea that that's what the song, like that that was all there. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Ashley. So now it is time for our wild card Christmas song. You're up. Okay, so my wildcard Christmas song, just one that I can't let go without saying something about it, is Little Drummer Boy, but specifically the version by Leslie Odom Jr., so Aaron Burr from Hamilton, and the Mzansi Youth Choir. So Odom's entire Christmas album is a delight, so check it out if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but in this version, he has the youth, uh, youth choir, the Mzansi Youth Choir, And this is the one that accompanies Shakira for the World Cup hit, Waka Waka. Okay. Yes. Very cool. So the choir was established in July 2003 in South Africa to give underprivileged youth the opportunity to to perform locally and abroad. And Odom's version of Little Drummer Boy has this South has South African vibes and makes you want to dance to this otherwise pretty repetitive song. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we listened to it on the way to church this morning and... I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's very festive and exciting and it like just breathes new life into this old song. Yeah. It's a song that we could like have a dance party with our daughters with yeah. or something. Just like so fun. Hang Christmas lights. Yeah. It is in a lot of ways like the perfect Christmas song. It's really perfect because the song is I bring my gifts to him. Yeah. You know, like these are my gifts. And so I feel like the song is just begging to be reinterpreted all the time yeah. as part of the gift of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a good choice. Okay. My song, my wildcard Christmas song, is Boxing Day by Reliant K. Okay, so Reliant K. It's a band that formed in 1998. Contemporary Christian, but like cool, (laughs) says my 12-year-old self. (laughs) They made a huge impact on the Christian adjacent rock of the early 2000s, and they had a major influence on my husband's hairstyle choices between 2004 to 2009. (laughs) Until their lead singer, Matt Thiessen, cut his hair, Cameron was not going to get his hair. All right, so they're still making music today. Um, I'm a fan for life. Many of my early instant messenger like screen names reflected my undying love for this band (laughs) I won't go through them you can imagine (laughs) all right so their lead singer Matt Thiessen is from Ontario originally he moved to Ohio um, when his parents got divorced at age six but his Canadian roots show up a lot in his music so my wild card Christmas song Boxing Day in case you don't know what Boxing Day is it's this day observed annually on December 26th in Canada the UK Commonwealth countries around the world Boxing Day was traditionally the day that employers would give their staff Christmas presents called boxes to celebrate the season. 
the song is a wildcard Christmas song because it's about when Christmas ends. That inevitable sadness that it's over, or maybe the relief that the craziness of the holidays is behind us, and the hope surrounding like the beginning of a new year. It's, you know, those like five days before the new year that are just so yeah. odd every year, just full of real competing feelings. Um, Reliant K is known for their like upbeat, fun pop rock sound, but their ballads are really special. Mm-hmm. So this stripped down song goes like this. Take it all down. Christmas is over. Do not despair, but rather be glad. We had a good year. Now let's have another. Remembering all the good times we had. Oh, no more lights glistening, no more carols to sing. But Christmas, it makes way for spring. The hearts of men are bitter and weathered, as cold as the snow that falls from above. But just for one day, we all came together. We showed the whole world that we know how to love. Mm. Oh, no more lights glistening, no more carols to sing. But Christmas, it makes way for spring. Isn't that beautiful? Should we celebrate Boxing Day? <laughs> I think we should celebrate Boxing Day. I mean, we're Commonwealth adjacent. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, those early 2000s punk rock Christian adjacent bands, they wow. had they had some little nuggets. They had some terrible, ridiculous, yes. dumb songs. But that one is special. So wow. I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Okay, our final portion of the podcast is our gift to you, which is our best Christmas album recommendation. Nicole, what Christmas album do you recommend? There are so many good Christmas albums. This was Mm -hmm. tough. This was tough. And I I can't even tell you exactly how I landed on this, but I'm sticking with my answer of A Very Casey Christmas by Casey Musgraves. So it's newer. A Very Casey Christmas is a Christmas album by artist Casey Musgraves released on October 28th, 2016 through Mercury Nashville. It is Musgraves' sixth album, her third studio album, and her first Christmas album. It features eight traditional Christmas songs and four originals, which I think is a really nice balance. Eight traditional, four originals. Um, special guest artists are Willie Nelson. Hey, her and Willie Nelson are like pals. So their <laughs> their chemistry on the song they sing together is is really wonderful. Uh, the Queeby Sisters and Leon Bridges, Ooh. who we love on this podcast. Yes, we do. I was excited to say that. We love you, <laughs> Leon Bridges. <laughs> Please come on our podcast. Please come on our podcast. <laughs> uh, he's definitely going to listen. Um, <laughs> Musgraves describes this album as part Western swing sprinkled with bits of classic pop hazy Hawaiian moments, and a childlike fun that all come together in this nostalgic, melancholy end that is ultimately very me, she says. And she adds, there can be a touch of sad feelings and memories during the holiday season for a lot of people. So I knew when I went to write, I wanted to include all the emotions this time of year can bring about. When I was trying to decide on the best Christmas album, I wanted something I could put on while I'm decorating my house for Christmas. What do I want to listen to all the way through? That can be the perfect backdrop for putting ornaments on a tree, stockings on the mantle, baking Christmas cookies. This album is warm and fun, just the right amount of sad, which is basically how I try to live every day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Warm, fun, and just a little sad. Um, So it is very fun. And and I wanted to add, um, in 2019, the Casey Musgraves Christmas Show debuted on television. It's a musical Christmas television special directed by Chris Howe and can be watched today on Amazon Prime Video. 
It stars Casey Musgraves as she prepares for a Christmas party alongside an array of celebrity guests, including Dan Levy, Fred Armisen, Kendall Jenner, Lan- Lana Del Rey, Leon-, Leon Bridges, James Corden, Zoe Deschanel, and Radio City Rockettes. Just wow. a- an amazing cast. This was a Wes Anderson-inspired re-imaging of the holidays. Magical. And features a mix of original songs featured on her album, as well as some new versions of holiday classics. Actor and writer Dan Levy, who we love from a million things, including Schitt's Creek, narrates the Musgraves holiday preparations as she struggles to find her Nana's Christmas tree star. It's a pure delight. And I know this podcast is not about Christmas specials, but I had to include it. (laughs) I 100% recommend watching it this holiday season. All right, Ashley, what is your album pick? So my album pick is The Unusual Tale of Mary and Joseph's Baby by Waterdeep. So it's from a musical written by Don Chafin and Chris Craig and Day that focuses on the fears and hopes of a young couple chosen to bear God into the world with modern imagination. It bursts with quirkiness and energy and some really poignant theological exploration. There are songs about what to bring a pregnant woman or how to get a poopy baby Jesus to go to sleep. All right. (laughs) And then there's some really deeply theological songs about deliverance and fear and incarnation. One of the first songs of the album is I Want to Be Delivered, sung from the perspective of Mary. And she sings, if you won't deliver us, let us leave. If you chose another people and you're moving on, just save us all the trouble of trying to believe and let your people go. Hmm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And then after Jesus is born, she sings a ballad entitled, Why Does God Have to Look So Human? Joseph wonders aloud in a song if he'll have anything to teach Jesus. But lest you think you will only get in your feels during this album, you will also laugh out loud. As Joseph is struggling with the news of Mary's pregnancy early on in the story, he talks to God about his weird-ass dream. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on this podcast, but it's a phrase from a Christian album, okay? Maybe I'll bleep it out. We'll see how the audience responds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a delightful listen, and it's on repeat in my car from All Saints to Lent. I mean, it's really beautiful. And it's not like just a Christmas al- album. I think it's a very Adventy album. Mm-hmm. Even though halfway Jesus is born... I don't know. There's just such longing and like trying to figure out what is this story? What does this baby mean now in the world? There's really a lot of like historical legwork done in the album so that you kind of understand the plight of Jewish people in Rome Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, And you understand like Herod and um, kind of the weird clash between Mary and Joseph Mm -hmm. and, you know, whose baby is this? And, um, And then the angels have three songs, which is... They're kind of, I don't know, I feel like they're not like, you know, the angels that you would get at a Christmas pageant or something. They do feel a little bit more like ethereal mm-hmm. or um, kind of spooky. And mm-hmm. they're talking to Joseph and Mary in dreams. Um, and it has the same undertones because it's a musical um, every time they come on. So you can kind of hear the, the bass line hit and you know that the angels mm-hmm. are about to appear. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so I totally recommend it. It's a, it's a really delightful listen. You kind of want to pay attention, though, mm-hmm. um, so that you can get the whole story. So. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. And how fun that, you know, it touches on just how, like, the absurdity of mm-hmm. not only Christmas, but just life, you know, and, yeah. and just, and even if you're talking about baby Jesus, you know, like pooping. It's like, yeah. just, it, like, even, you know, motherhood is just absurd. It's just, it's just, it's wild, these things. And, and Christmas involving the birth of a baby mm-hmm. and what that baby means to Mary and Joseph and to humanity. It's just, 
Yeah. It's that I'm intrigued. I'm going to listen. Yeah. I'm so excited to listen. Um, and those are our Christmas picks. Ashley, this was so fun. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We usually end with a benediction. Today we're going to end a little differently. We're just going to end with a Christmas song. Is that okay, Ashley? I love it. Wonderful. This is Oh Holy Night, arranged, performed, and recorded by my friend, Wendy Child. Wendy records lullabies under the name Sleep My Darling. They're lullabies that babies and parents can enjoy. Wendy's amazing. I'll put her info in the show notes so you can look her up. Her lullaby rendition of Oh Holy Night is truly a gift. Oh